This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pod, the story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to. You take the red pod, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering you, viewer, is the truth, nothing more. trilogy and, and we're, we're the, the ghouls, ghouls next, next door. door and on today's episode we are starting a new series yeah it is called what, what? mind f <laughs> it's about are those... you confused so are we <laughs> i can't see anything uh <laughs> yeah it's the uh, i hope we're recording uh this is our, our trippy, we don't know what's real, we don't know what we're doing or what we would do in those situations, and it's scary series. Yeah, it's kind of like, um, either possibility could be real, which is worse, both, I don't know. Yeah. What are we, who are we, do we even exist? Does real world suck? Yeah. <laughs> Fake <laughs> what, world suck? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's all that. What is reality? It's not even, reality is just collective hallucinations. Yeah, it's just whatever we'll we say about, it is, I guess. You know. Well, uh, if you hadn't guessed, if you're listening and not viewing us, uh, we are talking about The Matrix. Yeah. And... Simulated realities. Mm-hmm. My biggest, not my biggest fear. I have many fears, friends. <laughs> um, but it's the one that started it all in terms of, like, me being young and being like, it'd be cool if this wasn't real. I want this to be a simulation. Let's wake yeah. up. Give me the pill. I'll go somewhere else. Yeah. So. But also, believe the Matrix was very real for an embarrassingly amount of time of life. And yes, yeah. I think, uh, well, yeah, we'll get into it and it's going to be, it's going to be a time. I think, um, this whole series is quite the time. That's why it's called what? <laughs> so, uh, join us as we figure out what is going on. Yeah. Come down the rabbit hole. All right, y'all. So, stay with me here. Okay. What are the chances that we have been living in a simulated reality this whole time? Pretty likely, honestly. Yeah. Did you read? Did <laughs> no, I just, that's just a hypothesis I have. Oh, nice, nice, cool. But I'm ready to hear why my, my <laughs> like, opinion is read, correct. You read my thoughts? <laughs> All right, cool. I don't even need them to say it, except it's not for no, you. No, that's, it's yeah, for it's for everybody else. It's for everybody else. Uh, so yeah, uh, to answer, as Gabe said, it's very likely that we are. And it's a fun reason why that's just like really uncomfortable for everyone included. <laughs> um, but yeah, if we were, how would this really affect us? Would we be upset? What are the thoughts around it? I ultimately argue. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. I mean, it's what difference our, does it make? Yeah. It's our version of real. Yeah. It's real to us. And what I think is, is that we don't exist outside of this reality. We're brains in a box. You unplug it. There's no, like, 
secret society that you go out to and defend the human race against an army of machines. It's like, nah, you, you don't have a body. There's no body. You're just done. You just don't exist anymore. Yeah. Your conception of your body is just a bunch of signals in your brain saying you have parts. So, <laughs> yes. like, you maybe don't. What? Parts? Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I'll explain, I'll explain. I'm ready. Yes, so uh, I think the biggest thing is that if you think this isn't a possibility, you're wrong. Scientists and philosophers act like actually research this in a big way. And uh, it's pretty realistic that there's a possibility that we could be in a simulation. And it's funny because I was like doing a lot of research around this and I'm not a scientist. Just for everyone. It's important, yeah. This is a disclaimer. <laughs> yes. Um, but I'd read stuff that made me think this was real. Yeah. So the idea is that if there is a simulation of, like, our existence, that it's supposed to, supposedly, supposedly? Supposedly. A, uh, controlled by a post-human civilization, be that aliens, robots, whatever. It's, like, something more evolved than us. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of, like, schools of thought around this, uh, philosophy, science alike, where the idea is, so yeah, it essentially can't be proven or unproven. Mm -hmm. Like there's no way to feasibly find out. Yeah. So like, but there's also no way to prove that it's not real. Exactly. So in terms of like statistics, yeah. Could it happen? 50, 50 chance. Cause you, you can't say yes or no. Yeah. And there's, like, I was reading, like, all the reasons that people think this is a thing versus all the ones that don't think this is a thing. And all of them were, like, it's dumb. We can't prove it, so why? Just, like, it doesn't exist. And then all the ones who, <laughs> it was just really dumb the whole time. And yeah. Like, all the ones who were, like, they had, like, reasons and science. And also it's just, like, based on, like, all these factors, it's, like, there's no way to prove we're not. And it's also very likely that we are if we're saying that, like, Something post-human is creating simulations of the, like, upbringing of their society. Mm-hmm. That it would be likely that we would be in a simulation. There's also, uh, there's a big philosopher. I don't know if he's, like, big physically. I mean, big in terms of big time. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> Bold. You know. Um, philosopher that, uh argues that there are, like, three possibilities. One that we're... Wait, what's the philosopher's name? You know, sorry. Here's his name. I have his picture paper up. I had that that alcohol messed me up. Bostrom. Yeah, Nick Bostrom is a philosopher who argues basically three or three or four things. He says one, the human species is very likely to go extinct before reaching a post-human stage. Two, any post-human civilization is extremely unlikely to run a significant number of simulations of their evolutionary history or variations thereof. Three, we are almost certainly living in a computer simulation. (laughs) It follows that the belief that there is a significant chance that we will one day become post-humans who run ancestor simulation is false unless we are currently living in a simulation. So it's like, if it's possible, it's happening. But if it's not, then it's not. Yeah, is ultimately that's true. the argument, and you can't prove either. So here we are. Yeah. Uh, 
There's other reasons that this makes sense, though. So in my research, you have the whole idea where it's like, what I was saying is that we, we obviously have our brains in a box. Like, mm-hmm. we don't, the only way we know that we exist is from the signals in our brain, kind of like electro shooting little signals around. And that's how we process our reality. Mm-hmm. So there is a TED Talk Think that I watched. I am. Exactly. Gabe, you know what's up. You know. Um, so there's a TED Talk I watched called Your Brain Hallucinates Your Conscious Reality by Anil Seth. So in his TED Talk, he basically runs through how our brain perceives our environment and argues that we are constantly fluctuating between a state of controlled and uncontrolled hallucinations. So if you... Hallucinations. Yeah, you got, you got what I'm saying. <laughs> hallucinations. We have fun. It tastes like whiskey, smells like whiskey. I don't know what else I expected that are motivated by our perceptions of, like, the rules that are designed by our brains. So Mm -hmm. it's like, he's ultimately arguing that instead of outward coming in, deciding what we see and how we are and what we are doing, Mm -hmm. it's more in going out. So the rules that we decide in our brain as kind of, like, best guesses for how stuff's supposed to work define how we perceive what's in front of us. So if we have no way to process, because we've never seen an example of it previously, Mm -hmm. something that's in front of us, we may not even see that thing. Yeah. So, for example, when I first got Animal Crossing, and they were talking really fast, I didn't know that that's what it was, and I was like, what are they saying? Like, I can read what they're saying, but, like, I didn't really at first registered that they were just talking very quickly. And then you said <laughs> that they were talking very quickly, and then now I understand what they say when they talk to me. Marvelous. Mm-hmm. Because before, my brain didn't have the understanding that that could be a thing. Mm-hmm. And then once presented with the reality that it could be a thing, my brain now processed the dialect different. Yeah. So basically, our brain looks for what rules govern mm-hmm. the earth, society, whatever, uses those as best guess answers to the things that we see every day going forward. So in his TED Talk, he actually has this like cool presentation where he does the same thing as the Animal Crossing analogy I just gave. So he plays audio really like warped and like wonky, I guess, mm-hmm. and no one understood what it was saying yeah and then he played the real audio clip for everybody and then did the same thing again and you heard it yeah instantly well it's like on those like ghost shows where they like have like that weird just like sounds that they recorded but then they'll mm-hmm. put subtitles and it's like get out of my house but it's like they're really it's just like Wah. exactly <laughs> but like now like, we hear oh it oh my gosh the they're saying Yeah. Yeah. So that's how our brain perceives our environment around us. So if we have like these preconceived notions, like a brain is not able to actually see what's happening. So it has to kind of go based on the rules that we've given it or like our conscious mind has given it. So he goes on to say, there is no light or sound inside a skull. All you got to go on is a stream of electrical impulses, which are only indirectly related to things in the world, whatever they may be. So perception 
figuring out what is there, has to be a process of informed guesswork in which the brain combines these sensory signals with its prior expectation or beliefs about the way the world is to form its best guess of what caused those signals. So the world sees as much, what the world sees is much more from the inside out instead of the outside in. And he also goes on to say that like, whatever a collective hallucination is, is what reality is for the most of society. Yeah. So that's how we like decide colors and what's normal and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Because if some, the most people look at green and say, that's green. Yeah. We're like, then yeah. Everyone thinks now. that's green. Where, you know, the whole dress thing? Yeah. With the two different dresses? It's like whatever you have associated with that color, that's the one you're going to see now. And that's how your brain perceives things. And it's all a lie. (laughs) Is what I'm saying. So this is why I think we can have our brain in a box. Yeah. If our brain has never seen anything and it's being fed the idea of what the world is, we have no reason to question that if we don't have the actual reality of eyes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. with the whole, as you were saying, in life, outside of the ghouls, when we record, the whole, my eyes hurt because you've never seen before. Yeah. Did I ruin it? No, we'll talk about it again. Nice. It's fine. <laughs> um, so, basically, you know, if you've... Never actually, we could be in a box because if we've never actually existed. Seen outside of the box. The box is the world. Yeah. Whatever's being fed to our brains is what our perception of reality is. And it doesn't make it any less the world. It still is the world. Exactly. Even if it's the box. You literally just said my first thought. I'm sorry. I love you so much. (laughs) You're so great. Okay. Okay. So when I say this, I'm not sorry. So if we're, like, thinking that we're in this, if we're thinking that we're in a simulation, is that, like, less than? So, like, people who are, like, we need to get out. Red pill, rabbit hole, other analogies. What I'm arguing is, is that there is no out. (laughs) Okay. There's no, like, tubes that pop out of our body, and then we slide down this wonderful water slide slide. into nothingness, and then the big... Robot machine. Learn your muscles how to move. Taught us how, like, they got him on the first try. Absolutely not with that claw machine. That's not (laughs) how it works. So you you have to, like, you get him by his one finger, pull him up slowly. Break his arm. Exactly. But he doesn't know because he never used his arm before. He's, like, atrophied all the You can't use it, yeah. Uh, I watched Kill Bill. That's what happened to her. (sighs) So, yeah, if we're arguing that, like, within the simulation... Whatever governs that simulation, we are not in charge of it. So, like, yeah. consequences still exist. Yeah. Your life as it is is governed entirely by whatever the laws of the simulation are. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you think you're going to get out of it by dying, I think it's very unlikely that that is a thing. Because if you're going to drive your car off a bridge and gravity is something that is governing this realm... You deciding gravity isn't real will not make your car not fall off that bridge when you drive off of it. Your car is gone now. And you are not out of the simulation. The spoon is still a spoon. Yes. You did not. You have no control over the realm. Yes, it's on your brain, but someone is sending those signals to your brain. Yeah. You did not send the signals. That's why you die in the game you die in real life. Exactly. So if you're in a simulation, the whole thing is like, Dying is not the way out. Yeah. Like, that is not the route. 
Yes. Because... You're not going to wake up. Yeah. So if there's, like, a thing that's sending signals and its understanding of when you end the simulation because you have died in the game, mm -hmm. there's... You're dead in real life. So it's... There is no real life. There's nothing. Yeah. Like, you were just gone. I'm sorry. <laughs> But, like, you're not getting out of the simulation. There's no pills. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, yeah, it's just all, like, a matter of perception. So it's, like, we kind of just got to make this simulation the best simulation life that we can live. Yeah. Live your best simulation life. Yeah. You got to do it. There's no other route. Sorry. Yeah. And, like, all those people who are, like, if this is what the simulation is, like, it's rude because it made my life hard and all this stuff. It's, like, it had to do that so that we would believe it. Exactly. Like, we, we can't have Pleasantville. It. Yeah, because then it feels wrong. Yeah. And we want to get out. We as like, human are flawed, so we only believe in a flawed existence. Yeah. And I would argue, because of that, like, even the crappiest things are what make us good. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, we. that's why. That's we what makes us real. It. Exactly. And I, as someone who feels very uncomfortable with inauthentic emotions and like like dolls acting or like <laughs> yeah. I get real upset I don't know I would get real uncomfortable in a pleasant I would also try to escape if it was yeah. Pleasantville I'd be like I don't even want to know yeah good is the yeah I need struggle I need pain I need to feel alive yeah drive off the bridge but I no. survive it <laughs> no anything to feel alive just kidding I don't know uh but yeah it's this is the only situation that we're in. Even if we're in a simulation, simulation, it don't matter. Yeah. We're he like, this is what reality is. Yeah. Collective hallucination. You're welcome. So we watch stuff, and if you didn't know, uh, we watched the trilogy of Matrix. Yeah. Which is what I get my cool name from. My so Matrix my name was Trilogy. Favorite movie as a child, other than Terminator 2. Yeah. Terminator 2 lasted up into adulthood. Yeah. Matrix lasted until, like... Until uh, you'd stop leaving. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> um, you never stop leaving in the Terminator, that's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, for our viewers and listeners, uh, this was my first time uh, watching it. So that was fun, watching all of them, actually. I've never... I mean, I've seen... I know what it's about, and I knew the clips, I and I knew the stuff. So I just... know It just never came up. I think you just need to up your <laughs> sci-fi game. I think yeah. that's more so it. Like, I definitely have been out of... The, I just... Uh, like, robots and, like... I feel like sci-fi, yeah. Tech, all that. I was I just like... I don't need it. Uh, but <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. It was fine. Uh, <laughs> I had a fun time. So the, uh, the first uh, film of Matrix was, was in 1999. It is directed by the Wachowski sisters, Lana and Lily. So uh, the first one is, A computer hacker learns from mysterious rebels about the true nature of his reality and his role in the war against its controllers. And then there was a second one. There is. Reloaded. Uh, Neo and his allies race against time before the machines discover the city Zion and destroy it. While seeking the truth about the Matrix, Neo must save Trinity from a dark fate within his dreams. Yes. And then you're left with a to-be-continued at the end of a movie. Wild. 
Yeah, both from two thousand three. Just they made this. They just kept filming. Yeah, yeah. They it just was two movies worth of content. Yeah. So then we, we also that. got Revolutions, also two thousand three. The human city of Zion defends itself against the massive invasions of the machines as Neo fights to end the war at another front, while also opposing the rogue agent Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> it did. We watched it. It was <laughs> yeah. the whole time. Yeah, everyone knows. You know, everyone knows what the Matrix is about. And, like, I, I, you know, part of me was, like, reluctant to do this episode because I was like, this is stuff everybody already heard. Like, you know, yeah. like, you can't really get that deep, but I'm just going to put my own spin <laughs> on what this film does. Um, I think we'll revisit some of this when we do a later episode about really cool filming techniques because there's mm-hmm. some really notable, like, historic things that happened with filming The Matrix and also, like, stunt-related um, and, like, just with all of that, that we'll talk to someone who's, like, super knowledgeable in that. Mm -hmm. So I won't be geeking out about film techniques. So if that's what you're looking for, I'm sorry. (laughs) It Um, will happen. Yeah. In a... Yes, later. Different simulation. (laughs) Instead, this will be um, geared towards, like, what we're supposed to be learning from The Matrix. And I just want everyone to just have a seat, right? Because we are about to have some fun in the way that the ghouls do. Mm-hmm. Because the Matrix is very much relevant right now to what yep. is happening. Like, it, it, like you know, it's, it's so many years ago <laughs> that this was made. And now I'm like, this is so relevant right now. I wish people understood, <laughs> like, what themes are and motifs well, and symbolism. Now we're going to. Yeah, so, so we're going to dive into some current issues uh, and the main theme behind Matrix, which I found to be the oppression of our capitalistic society. Nice. Yeah. I can't wait for, like, the comments when they're like, not everything is capitalism or the patriarchy. But it Stop is, being though. a liberal crazy person. Like, it is, though. But it is, though. But it is. But you it better is. put on your uh, glasses because it's, it's going down. So um, there won't be so much, like, I, you know, there's spoilers in that, like, the whole thing is that he's in the Matrix. So yes. that's the big spoiler that everyone knows. It's also from 1999. The yeah. first initial spoiler is yeah. 1999. So watching it as someone who's super late to the game, mm-hmm. when we were watching it at the beginning, I was like, and I was telling Kat, I was like, this is such a good horror movie because just imagine like that time period. Like, I mean, I'm like being super like... Imagine young. me go back in <laughs> imagine time. Imagine me go back to... I'm being like young person right now. Like, yeah. Like, you know, like uh, Gen Zs where they're like, what's a VHS player? And you're like... Oh. Um, that's kind of how I felt. But, like, I'm just imagining, like, being back in time, watching this for the first time, not knowing, like, what it's about, and just seeing this, like, dude who gets this message on his computer, and it's, like, the com- like you can tell from the computer that this is very new technology, right? Like, it's so, like, yeah. it's such a, you know, big idea to grasp. Um, and he's got, like, his little floppy disks. Um, and then he's, like, just told on this phone that, like, he needs to trust this and that they're coming for him. And it's just like, this crazy. Like, you're like, what? And then, like, as soon as we, like, leave the Matrix, um, then it was, like, kind of hokey and fun. But yeah. I was like, that whole first part, I was like, this is scary. This yes. is terrifying. Yes. And, like, <laughs> like how it all unfolds. so many so nightmares like, of mine. I believe it. I totally believe it. And so I, I kind of felt cheated as someone who, like, society has spoiled <laughs> With, like, the, you know, reality of what it was. Oh, yeah, the spoilers of it. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I wish I could have, like, been blocked. Like, I wish I could have been Neo waking up in the Matrix, watching the Matrix. You yeah. Know? Like, why do my eyes hurt? Uh, so, <laughs> the, the big thing that uh, 
that the matrix is based off of is the procession of simulacra, which is by, or, or the, um, it's actually not called that. It is called, uh, simul simulacra and simulation is what it's called. And it's by Jean Baudrillard, Baudrillard, French. Baudrillard? Yes. Yeah, Baudrillard. Baudrillard, with French sounds. Uh, and the That's reason okay. why this is, uh, one, the, the more prolific uh, thing to, to refer to is that, li like, Neo literally stashes his illegal software in a hollowed-out copy of this book. Mm -hmm. So they're like, look at it, this is what it's from. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so this was published in 1981, and it essentially argues that consumer culture um, is is our simulated world because it it relies on us like replaying and imitating reality and what like we don't really need anymore so like we have uh we live in a very easy society in life right yeah. so like we do fitness uh not because we might die tomorrow because there's animals chasing us and we have to survive and we have to catch those things it's because we want to be fit and we want to be hot like it's for these Purely just like because superficial our doctor reason. tells us that our heart hurts <laughs> yeah. and that we should do it because you've just been sitting there. But I mean, like it's it's very like minimal in regards to like how we used to have to survive, right? Yeah. Like a lot of the ways, like we're just kind of playing human <laughs> in a way. Now. Or you're playing the game of being human. Yeah, yeah exactly. So uh, there's even like a, a line in the film where Morpheus introduces Neo when he brings him to the new the real world. He says. Uh, he calls it the desert of the real, which mm. is a phrase taken from the first page of the simulacra and simulation. Um, and so that's like one of the main things is like they're saying we have this like simulation. Like we have been told this is what reality is. And now we're just kind of playing like we're playing people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we don't need the things that we need. Uh, we used to need. And so like that's that's kind of like where we we get that. And that's where like capitalism is a machine right like mm -hmm. you're like we don't need any of the things in the simulation but they're designed that way because we are we perceive that we do need those things yeah right uh so uh the entire concept of matrix films can be interpreted as a criticism of the unreal consumer culture that we live in and i well, got yeah. these quotes from uh sparknets oh super well, helpful cool. yeah uh there's some other like things there's like a ad for a <laughs> article that was like top 10 thirstiest characters and novels and i was like gonna click it it was bad i think it should be <laughs> done better because it wasn't correct uh <laughs> but anyway that's where i got a lot of this information from if you're wondering uh but essentially um in this consumer culture uh that it distracts us from the reality that we are being exploited by someone or something just as the machines exploit the humans in the matrix for bioelectricity right mm -hmm. so it's like we're doing the we're going through the motions of being a human and being a person so that we can fit into the society's box that tells us this is what society is and we don't ask any questions about yeah. our reality. We're not like, but what if this isn't real? Um, yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and in one of the, the quotes in there is that it, uh, the consumer society is premised on the idea that consumption is a powerful element of social control uh, whereby desires long attached from material needs are instilled as a part of system of signs and subsequent satisfied via another system of signs. So it's, uh, like I said, you don't need it, but we think we need it. Yeah. 
And so we do those things. So uh, <laughs> um, we have this, like, uh, which is going to lead me to, to my big, uh, <laughs> my next big rant. Uh, essentially, there's this quote from uh, Morpheus and uh, Neo where they're talking about what the Matrix is. And Morpheus says, the Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us, even now in this very room. You can see it when you look out your window or when you turn on your television. You can feel it when you go to work, when you go to church, when you pay your taxes. It is a world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. And Neo says, what truth? And so he says, that you are a slave. Like everyone else, you were born into bondage, born into a prison that you cannot taste, smell, or touch. A prison for your own mind. Oof. Which brings me to my main man, Karl Marx, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty real. <laughs> let's talk about him. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, I, when I was like kind of going down this, I was like, that sounds like we are slaves <laughs> to capitalism. <laughs> and then I saw one line that said it. I was like, here we go. Dive, and now I'm going down to my rabbit hole, which is Karl Marx uh, and me and him were good pals. So <laughs> essentially, we are currently living in a simulation nightmare, right? Uh, because capitalism is so strongly ingrained in us that even now, when we exist in a literal pandemic nightmare uh, that highlights all of the flaws in our like society and system, like a lot of things clearly were not working, mm -hmm. we are still fighting against that to go back to normal, quote unquote. And normal is bad. <laughs> right? Like we have this society that we have these severely underpaid and underappreciated workers who previously to this pandemic we said were not good enough or qualified enough to earn $15 an hour but now they're essential mm -hmm. right and we want everyone to go back to work so we can have Karen and Chad and all of them get their hair cut and they can go to the movies because that's important to us in our society it's not it's not important <laughs> it is not a necessity to survive you know what a necessity to survive is health being not sick. So that's where we're at. Have enough money to pay rent. Having to have enough. a like, house yeah. or to feel safe and maybe not... Maybe don't have to pay rent. Let's freeze rent. Ridiculous. Anyway, um, <laughs> I got into... Keep I, going, I yeah, started keep going. A, a, a Facebook yeah. argument yeah. <laughs> um, today where someone had posted like that 72% of Americans believe that we need to keep America closed, essentially, until it is safe, until the, the health officials say it's safe. And someone commented on this person's post and said, it is your right to go outside, or your right to stay inside, just like it's my right to go outside. And then, <laughs> like, and you can practice that. And then the person who posted it commented, like, I don't have the right to go, to, to stay inside, because <laughs> she's an essential employee. Yeah. And I commented, if... They open it up. They are expecting everyone to go out now. If you want the economy to be fixed, they are expecting you to go out. So if you do not go out, it is a choice. And now all those things that were protecting us are gone. Like, they won't have those things in place for you. So it, it takes away your choice that you thought you had to go in or out. So it's not real. None of this is real. We're in a simulation. So <laughs> we have, you know, these, you know, people who are protesting to reopen our economy. Uh, <coughs> cough of capitalism. <coughs> cough. Uh, for their haircuts which is ridiculous right and then they're all getting these sick like, and be like oh dang maybe i wish more of them got sick honestly wrong. <laughs> yeah like it's for these really useless 
on important things, but they are seen as important because of the simulation that we live in, right? It is mm-hmm. like this acting out of humanity that we have put so much importance on these mundane things that don't really exist. Like, we really need to just take a break and be people and whatever. So it's like, for all those people, kindly take a seat, Boomer. I don't want it. You're not out here. Uh, <laughs> I mean, honestly, the very existence of our current president and the honest likelihood of the next four years being him as well, just because of the state of the world, and it's really tragic and sad. It makes me really sad. Uh, really shows us how far this fantasy and simulation goes. Yeah. Right? Because we have a fantasy in America, which we've discussed in previous episodes, and it's called the American Dream. Mm-hmm. Right? It's the American simulation. Right? Uh, and so it's this incredibly fictional and unattainable dream that keeps our society in check. Just like Karl yep. Marx said. Right? We have this... Like, we... Uh, his um, counterpart... Uh, what is his name? Oh, I'm so rude. <laughs> uh, Engels. Yes. Engels. He essentially calls it uh, this uh, false consciousness. So there's mm-hmm. this idea that we don't know that we're being controlled or that we don't have any power because we perceive ourselves to not be controlled and not mm-hmm. have any power. <laughs> we believe that we are above that and we're not, you know, in the simulation, but you are. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, it's, we live this American dream because, and we talked about this before, that we don't want to change the world because we want to benefit and, like, reap the benefits later yeah. when we achieve the dream, right? That we won't achieve. And it just makes me think of Cypher in the film, who is, spoilers, the bad guy, right? He's the yeah. one who um, is out there in the Matrix, and he has this time where he looks, and he's just like, I don't want to struggle anymore. I don't want to live this awful life. I want to go back. To yeah. simulation, and I was like, dog, I get it. Like, I'm with you. Like, <laughs> I yeah. wouldn't, like, put everybody else under the bus, but, I, like, I can understand. And, like, being an American and understanding how Americans think, I was like, 100% people would go back. We all want to think that we're the heroes that would, like, fight back against it and revolutionize, but we don't do that. A lot of <laughs> like, people want the easy way out. We do not do that. It's very apparent. <laughs> we are living in, like, a, like the worst timeline right now with the way that people are reacting so very clearly that like we wouldn't have the revolution that they have in the film unfortunately um but with cypher he has this moment where he he's he's with agent smith and he's eating a steak and he says i know the steak isn't real yeah i know it's fake and you're just putting stuff in my mind but when i take a bite it's delicious and i want this and he is willing to give up everything and to put his friends quote-unquote, in danger because he wants the money and the luxury, no matter how fake it is, even though he knows that is an illusion, he wants to live the illusion. Yeah. And that's America. (laughs) That's the American dream is you want to live that illusion, right? Uh, You think it'll bring you happiness and it's... Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, does this sound familiar? (laughs) Right? And it does. Because we, in our current life in horror of society, right, we don't have giant insect-like Lovecraftian robots siphoning our bodies for energy. Honestly, that couldn't happen. We don't have enough energy in us to fuel enough. It's dumb. Uh, But we do have real monsters that are the money-hungry corporations and billionaires. I'm looking at you, Jeff Bezos, who could pay for all the unemployment that's happening in this country right now and not even notice. Like, wouldn't even notice. It would do nothing. He has too much money, he couldn't even spend it in this lifetime. That should be illegal. Anyway, <laughs> I'm looking at the, like, those are the things that are siphoning the actual like energy from us. Because we go to work, we put in all that time and effort, not getting $15 an hour, and then... At the end of it, you end up dead and he ends up a millionaire with money he does not need. He is the robot. Like, that's 
wake up, sheeple, because <laughs> we're yeah. not right now, right? Well, yeah, <laughs> people are essential until they're not. Like, that's yeah. essential. Like, they weren't essential before. Yeah. We and thought all of a sudden. They just weren't educated. They they didn't work hard enough to get up higher in the ranks. Yeah. When, but now they're essential because the virus can kill everybody. Yeah. It doesn't care. It doesn't discriminate. It doesn't know what essential and non-essential is. It doesn't know what a college degree is. So what we want back is convenience. Mm-hmm. So we're telling them that they're essential because, yes, I mean, the basic needs that we need are food, water. Yeah. Health care, stuff like Names, that. So Yeah. Like, uh, you know, making sure things but are But we clean. don't want to actually give those people the things that they deserve to survive and feel okay. Because mm-hmm. we hope to be Jeff Bezos one day. Yeah. And it's like that in, in the, those robots and the monsters in this film are essentially that 1%. Right? Those are mm-hmm. the people who are, you know, living off of our hard work, our energy, our literal energy. Like, they are the robots siphoning our energy, and we're doing that. Like, we're, and, and we are in the matrix in that we live in this capitalistic society where we are distracted by means and goods, right? We're distracted by the internet, by TikTok, right? Like, yeah. we're, we're in this, like, happy-go-lucky world where we need, and it's, it's, not to, to hate on, like, finding those outlets, because this world is really dark, and it's totally okay for you to find those outlets. Yeah. But it's more of uh, an understanding that, like, we can't use that to also continue to be blind to the problems in our society that have been shown to be the problems, right? Like, we have yeah. highlighted them now that we can look at them clearly. We can all take a step back and go, that wasn't working. Everything's falling apart. What makes you think that if we just do it all over again the same way. It's like you keep doing the same thing over and over and, and expecting different results. That's stupidity. That is idiocy. That's it's not real. Insanity. Yes, it's insanity. And so we have to take that to and understand that we are the cogs in the machine. Like whether or not we really are, like if this is all a simulation, right? Yeah. Our simulation <laughs> is designed to make the people work for the few and those few are the robots that are siphoning our energy right and we do this every day and we do it willingly because we're blind right and and because it's it's convenient to not look and not to ask questions and not to create a problem right it's convenient to use amazon's two-day shipping especially now to get something that you really do not need during the quarantine no one's seeing you yeah and like but people are doing that and people are actively putting other people in harm's way because of this simulation that we've lived in for forever. So <laughs> that's why I was like, ah. um, yeah. it just seems so like, you know, uh, apparent, right? And so Marx argues that the working class is exploited by the ruling class and the working class exploitation is only possible because it does not perceive itself as being exploited. Like we just are too proud to admit that this is a problem. And so it misunderstands its own position uh, because it's, it's distracted by all of those things that we've been playing at, like yeah. the simulacra, right? Uh, and so then we, you know, don't try to change it, right? So um, mm-hmm. there's other parts where, so Morpheus says that the matrix is a system. He says that system is our enemy, but when you're inside, what do you see? Businessmen, teachers, lawyers, carpenters, the very minds of the people we are trying to save. But until we do, these people are part of that system and that makes them our enemy. Because at the end of the day, people are going to go back into the simulation. Yeah. They're not going to rise up and try to make a difference. And we, like we try, like sometimes you got to sacrifice those people in order to get there. It was like their way to validate hurting 
the people, the real people, which I was like, when I was watching, I was like, oh God, that's a real person. Yeah, they're like killing them. all those real Ooh. people and it was freaking me out. But like, I get it because it's like, they're unfortunately a means to an end. Um, and if the higher ups are willing to use us as tools, we kind of have to look past it as well and sink to their level. There's other <laughs> themes in this that I'll kind of go over pretty briefly. There is this play with fate and free will, and my argument for this is that free will isn't real. It doesn't exist. And the reason for that is the, the placement of the oracle, which they mm-hmm. tried to, like, uh, fix up at the end in the trilogy, the last one, where she said, like, she didn't really know. She was just believing and guessing. But her belief in her uh, position of power is what influenced that. It's like, would they have done any of those things? Would if this she ending happen if she didn't? So she was effectively creating that world. It's kind of that thing. It's like, did I choose this or am I, you know, like if you hear about fate, hear yeah. about what your fate is, and it happens, is it because it was going to happen anyway or is it because someone told you? Yeah, <laughs> so and then like, like the people who try to avoid it or whatever, like they've changed. Yeah, and then you. you're like, but you still end up like, yeah. It's if a you whole thought thing. you were going to die, would you still go on that trip? And it's like, yeah. Well. And then it's like with her, is like she told him that he wasn't the chosen one because then he would act. Like she was purposely manipulating him to get the results she wanted. Yeah, and she says it very early on because he knocks over the lamp. She says, don't worry about the lamp. He turns to say, what lamp? Yeah. Knocks over the lamp, and he's like, the real question is, would you, would you have knocked it over if yeah. I didn't say anything? Exactly. And, and that's like, what will mess with you. Yeah, and like, don't even get me started with the whole motifs of the magical Negroes that we have in this film. We have two of them. And in the original casting, Neo was supposed to be Will Smith. And then Morpheus was a white actor, which I'm blanking on who it was, which would have been a nice, refreshing thing. Like, mm-hmm. old white man tells young black boy how to be the one. I would love that film. Let's yeah. remake it. Because <laughs> um, as much as I love Lawrence Fishburne, I thought he did yeah. a really amazing job, uh, it just it gets tiring. Um, and I know it's the 90s. It's fine. Yeah, it was uh, 1999. Yeah, Things were still very fine. offensive. And they I still mean, are the now, Wachowskis, but like, even more. They uh, did an amazing job with, like, you know, the, the diversity of characters. There was something I, I was reading about um, trans inclusion and, and the different kind of roles that were happening. And the character Switch was actually supposed to be androgynous and more so that they were supposed to fluidly change between being male and female. Like they would yeah. have a male actor and a female actor playing this character oh, that would switch between roles. And that was amazing to me. I thought really that would cool. have been phenomenal. And and I mean, they've already done so much uh, at that time, like given the limited <laughs> ability yeah. that they had. So I, you know, I give kudos to them. Definitely. There's no like, I mean, it's just the way of the world <laughs> that we get these yeah. characters, right? Uh, the uh, last thing I kind of want to touch on is uh, Plato's allegory of the cave, because duh, that's what the whole simulation is. And yeah. so, like Kat said, there's a time where Neo uh, wakes up in the real world and he's like, why do my eyes hurt? And Morpheus is like, that's because you've never used them before. And I was like, what in the Plato's Allegory of the Cave is going on here? <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's exactly what it is. So if you don't know what Plato's Allegory of the Cave is, essentially, uh, Plato, um, the philosopher, you know him, uh, he imagined <laughs> yeah, okay. this cave in which people are have been kept prisoner since birth. This is... The only thing they've ever known is this cave. They're bound in a way that they can only see, like, their backs to, like, a wall. And they can only see shadows on the wall. They can't see each other. It's darkness. They can only see shadows. So they perceive reality as these shadows. Things are those shadows. People are those shadows. 
and voices, right? Yeah. One of them gets free. He goes out into the real world, sees that it's a lot. One, it's terrifying and it's crippling because he's never seen the world before. It's blinding all of this light. But eventually he learns. And so then he goes back to help the prisoners and slowly teach them what the real world is. Yeah. And so there's this whole, like, the, the, the biggest part of this is that Plato says that those who free themselves um, and come to perceive reality... Um, have a duty to return and teach others, which is what Neo's whole thing is. It's like he yeah. wants to release them. Although in the end, the oracle and the architect have this agreement that it is a choice. Yeah. That people will choose to stay in or leave, but they will be given that choice yeah. actively, right? So it's like a part of it is like not quite, um, but it is something, right? And, and he is going back and he is seen as like the one. I won't even go into that because I think it's kind of dumb. Uh, <laughs> but... It, that's kind of like the whole role of this film is that when you have come to the truth, it is your job to go through. And that's what Morpheus and the team do. Mm-hmm. They go back and they try to save people and they slowly do. And that's how we have um, Zion. So yeah. uh, there's a lot of religious allegory in here. Um, Nebuchadnezzar has like a plaque on it. This is Mark 3, number 11. Uh, and then the Gospel of Mark in the New Testament, it says, And unclean spirits, when they saw him, fell down before him and cried, saying, Thou art the Son of God, which is, like, supposed to be uh, um, Neo, because he's the chosen one. But one I thought was fun is uh, Agent Smith's first appearance in Matrix Reloaded. We see a license plate uh, that says IS-5416, which is in the Old Testament, chapter 54, verse 16 of Isaiah. And it reads, Behold, I have created the smith... that bloweth the coals in the fire and that bringeth forth an instrument for his work and I have created the waster to destroy. So, and actually in this chapter Isaiah refers to the Lord's assurance that Zion, the promised land for the Israelites, will be victorious in future glory and he reminds his people that he created everything and goes on to reassure them that no weapon forged against you will prevail. So it's literally like, this is what the film is. Right from the beginning. Don't you love religious allegory? It's one of my favorites. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot in here. Yeah. <laughs> like, especially if you go to SparkNotes or you just go to anything about the the Matrix, you know, there's uh, things about, like, the reflections or the fact that, like, robots and people, it's kind of hard to distinguish the differences between them mm-hmm. because the people, when they're in there, are pretty robotic and just follow the rules. And yeah. then the robots are the ones that are doing things weird and at times seem more human so yeah. it's it's a very interesting like dichotomy there um but it, i think it's just telling you like that what we what we expect robots to be is wrong that the robots would be us the robots would look just like us and if not more like us um and that's how like because you wouldn't really believe it otherwise yeah like you wouldn't trust a robot that's all insect like and scary and has a baby face uh <laughs> Uh, but if a person locks up and is like, here's what reality is, you're like, yeah. And then it's just, honestly, since the humans are the ones that are more robotic inside the simulation, it's just going to show that, like, we are, mani- like, easily, in terms of capitalism, manipulated into following the flow of things so that we do not get cast out Yeah. from society or Whatever the Whatever hallucination we is, is we yeah. want the collective one to be the one that we see yeah. so that we're not considered yeah. to have uncontrolled hallucinations and any sort of, like, mental health. Yes. Okay, so now... Maybe we're more enlightened. Feelings. Feelings. Yeah, feelings. Yeah, feelings.
Because we're trying to incite the rebellion. <laughs> if I haven't gotten you now, <laughs> like I get you every single time. I try. Crazy eye things. Crazy. I try. Okay. Uh, so if you like it, it is Rage Against the Machine. Uh-huh. And if you didn't know, the machine is capitalism. Rage yeah. against it. We do not want to go back to normal. We want to change things, right? Yeah. Uh, and if you don't like it, it is the wrong answer, which is putting things back to normal. And to, you know, go back into the simulation willy-nilly and not having learned anything cipher. Yeah, it, it, and, you know, when he's in the car and they're like, you know, you know what, where that road goes. You know what's down that we've walked in a million times. And then I was like, huh, I was seven the first time I watched this. <laughs> I didn't realize he meant, like, life. <laughs> like, like philosophically. Walk in a path. <laughs> that you've walked a million times if you're just going to do this. You're not going to learn from your mistakes. If, yeah, if you just keep going. Like, just try like, something huh, new. I wonder if he lives down there is what I thought when I was younger. <laughs> Sorry, I think it was like a little both, right? <clears throat> uh, so for uh, the topic of the fact that we are living in a simulation. Like, do I believe it or I think it's like, good? It, good? I don't know. It's a bad time. To live in the simulation. <laughs> but I don't want to say that we should go back to normal because I think... It would be such a waste of us finally slowing down to realize that us never seeing our families or us never talking to people that we care about because we don't have time is how we should want to live. Yeah. I just feel like like we shouldn't want to be in the simulation because the simulation is making us just like mindlessly trying to get these things that we don't need. Like, Yeah, where are the robots? What we need is... To be able to survive, to feel comfortable, to be around the people that we love, because that's what brings us happiness, and not a ton life. of money. Like, we need to enjoy ourselves, not just, like, go and go and go until we cannot go anymore, and then just pain, pain, more pain, sad, yeah. more sad, die. Mm-hmm. And so. I think, like, on the topic of, like, what you said, like, if we do live in an actual, like, if reality is simulated... Like, just in real life, right? Yeah. Uh, I think, whatever, that's fine. That doesn't matter. Like, I don't think, we like, that re- simulation that we should be, like, red-pilling out of, I think the simulation within the simulation, which is capitalism and, like, the way that we're kind of being run and, and controlled uh, by the higher-ups, that's the red pill, right? And yeah. And the, the red pill is, like, you know doing protests and speaking out and being the people like we are stronger and mark said it right like it, it we are <laughs> we gotta seize the, seize the means of uh operation and now is a better time than any because yeah. the world is in chaos the whole world is in chaos and it's very clear that this isn't working yeah like if we go back to normal it's just it would just be such an insult just so gross like half the people who like had the excuse that they were so busy that they couldn't do anything or notice. It's like everything has stopped. You have no choice now. You you see it. And then if you go back to normal, you're telling everyone, I mean, maybe they will, but you're telling every single person who has matter. been struggling for like a very long time that you see it now and you just don't care. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And you just want to go back to eating that fake steak. You want the fake money. Money is paper. It's not Yo, real. Use your toxic morality and just try to be better. Like now that you've seen it, I don't even care if you don't want to. Be like, yeah. all right, 
to be a good person is to care. I'm going to pretend that I care and do a lot of nice things for people. Because honestly, I used to think intention mattered. No. Impact matters. Yeah. So it's like, I don't care if you mean it or not. I don't care if you're trying to be good because you want to be good. No. Yeah. Just be better because everything sucks and we just need people to fake it a little bit, I guess, to fix the problem. Yeah. We need more medium place people. Like, from a good place. Or, yeah. like, one girl, she was, like, awful her life, but she did one really good thing. Like, even if, like, you know, you don't know 100% why you're doing it, do it. Because it's what is expected of you to help people. Um, what about for the film? Oh, this I love the Matrix. It was a great time. <laughs> it's a great time. Yeah, it was fun. We didn't watch the Animatrix, uh, much to the sadness of my boyfriend, Mike. He really wanted us to. I think we might in the future. Yeah, I mean, it's not like we can't. Look fun. We're in the simulation for a little while longer, so. Yeah, uh, but we watch it. We have uh, quite a lot of fun to do this series of what? Mind if. Um, yeah. It's going to be really trippy, so I hope if you enjoy this. I don't know if all of them will be political. Uh, yeah, I don't know if we expected this one to get political. I didn't know that until like, it was happening. Oh, it's crazy. What if, like, simulation was. Yeah. And I were like, okay, it is, though. <laughs> yeah. I think, like, um... Yeah, I think it'll just be, like, kind of, like, trippy and, like, what is real and, and, and how do you know what you're doing, I guess, is kind of, like, the yeah. thing. Uh, but uh, if you haven't already and you like this video and you like this topic, please uh, hit subscribe and, like, to let us know. Leave us yeah. a comment on iTunes uh, or wherever you're listening because it means a lot to us. and It, it ultimately it, means nothing, but it means a lot to us. Yeah, in, in, this, simula- yeah, in this simulation, it means a lot to us. Uh it we don't need to survive but we kind of need to survive so (laughs) well it's like yeah it's we're not getting paid and we're gonna do it anyway but it's nice to know you're listening and you're there so uh with that being said don't get married delete your kids yeah or what did i say your kids are a simulation and aren't real yeah you love them anyway because they're your robot babies (laughs) yeah their hair isn't existing, but it feels real to you as you have mm. them at night. Good night, Robot Baby. <laughs> love you, Robot Baby. Robot Baby, you're so great. <laughs> Thank you for existing. Yeah. Okay, bye. Bye. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah.